Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So one of the questions I received from someone in Australia, a partner at a big four accounting firm in Australia, who is using or following the study and using it for his own work, is he is trying to understand if a strategy partner should lead the workshop. A strategy partner is a functional partner because you have a function is things like strategy, operations, implementation, corporate finance. Functions exist across sectors. So you can do a corporate strategy study in mining a corporate strategy study in banking, a corporate strategy study in pharma. So functions exist across sectors. So he wants to know if a strategy partner should lead the workshop or a sector partner. So a sector partner is a partner who does all his work in the energy sector. Maybe he does only strategy work in the energy sector, or maybe he does a variety of things. Maybe he does operations, maybe he does strategy, maybe he does corporate finance, right? This is a very interesting question because the way the question is worded is it makes it sound like there's only two options. There's a functional partner or there's a sector partner. There's actually a third option, which I've mentioned. You can have a partner who only does strategy. Now, this is just the theoretical options. I'll tell you which of these are viable and which are not viable and which ones you can build your career around and which ones you cannot build your career around and why. So option one and just to list the options, not about which one is best, just to list them. Option one is a strategy partner, someone who specializes in strategy work and doesn't really worry about the function. He does work in pharmaceuticals and so on. Option two to lead the workshop is an energy partner who only does corporate strategy work in energy. Option three is an energy partner who does different kinds of consulting engagements in energy. Now, if you have some background in consulting or you work in consulting, you know the most common type here is a sector partner like Energy who does multiple studies in the energy sector. I'm going to explain to you how the career of a partner develops. And based on that, you would get a good understanding of what the answer is here. Right? So let's look at my career because I've covered it in enormous detail in um, two shows, or two training programs, training programs is a better word, two training programs. In a lot of detail, I discussed every engagement I did. In fact, there's like 50 episodes per an engagement, sometimes 100 episodes per an engagement, where I discussed my development, how I learned the skills, who I learned it from, how I deployed it, the mistakes I made, and so on. So let's explain how this works, right? Even before I become a partner, I need to start developing the skills of becoming a partner. So I'm at the EM, engagement manager, AP, associate principal, principal level. Principal is junior partner. That means you're a partner who doesn't have a voting stake in the company. You're not an equity partner, for lack of a better word. So you're a partner without an equity stake, a junior partner, as we call it. And then from principal, you become a director. Now, from the EM level, I need to find that group of senior people in the firm who want to develop me. It's that simple. 
you can't be on the path to a partnership unless a group of people are saying, look, I'm going to work with this guy. I'm going to put him on my teams. I'm going to develop him, right? So you find that group of people. The odds are you're going to find a group of people who specialize in a sector. It's very rare to find a group of people who specialize in a function. Let me tell you why, right? It's a very simple thing to understand. Let's assume that I'm an EM and I'm working with a director and two principals. They like me, they put me onto the engagements. Now that director, let's assume is a pharmaceutical director. He serves pharma clients. Now he works with one pharma client, right? And is doing a pricing study for him. When he's done with that pricing study or while he's conducting that pricing study, which type of client do you think is likely to meet next? A client outside of pharma or within pharma? Think about that carefully. So he's doing a pricing study from a pharmaceutical company. What's most likely to happen is because he's got insights on pricing on pharma, is likely to have a reason to speak to the finance and pricing executives at another pharma company. He's likely to be exposed to other pharma executives because his client may mention his work to other colleagues and your clients are most likely to have colleagues in the same sector. They're unlikely to have colleagues in another sector. So when he wants to meet another potential client or if he gets called in to speak to another potential client, it's likely going to be through a referral from the existing client or it's likely going to be because of some insight he developed at the existing client. Now, in some situations, that may not be the case, whereby maybe he can take his pricing knowledge to the automotive industry. There are obviously exceptions to the rule. But logic would dictate that more likely than not, he's going to end up speaking to another executive in a, another pharmaceutical company discussing pricing. It doesn't end there, because in the current client where he's doing pricing, he finds out other issues the client has. Maybe the client has a problem with the business unit strategy for arthritis medication. So he gets pulled in that direction, brings in other partners to help him solve that problem, right? When he goes to meet the pricing executive to whom he was introduced from another farmer, he may have a pricing discussion. He may realize the problem is not pricing, it's procurement. And then he does a procurement study for a pharmaceutical company. Now, over one year, one year is a long time. I know for most people you think one year is not a long time. In one year, which is a really long time, you can do something like six or seven studies as a partner because you don't do them all consecutively. You do them concurrently. So you don't do them one after the other. You don't finish one study, then start the next one. I remember when I was a EM, I had three studies reporting to me. When I was a principal, at one point, I had five studies reporting to me. So in one year, you can do many studies. Now, in one year... If you've done, let's say, eight studies in the pharmaceutical sector, you develop all this knowledge, you've developed this deep understanding. Where do you think you are likely to go next? Do you think you are likely to say, hey, you know what? I know a lot about pharma. I'm not interested in it. I'm going to go do work in banking. It is possible that's the way you feel. But let me ask you a question. When you go to the banking executive, on what basis is he going to listen to you? Think about that for a second. On what basis is a banking executive going to listen to a guy who's got one year of heavy pharma experience or two years? That is why as you become more and more senior in the organization, and especially when you become a partner, you automatically focus on a sector. 
Not because you've chosen it, it's because that's the way your career has evolved. There are some partners who don't specialize in sectors. They move from client to client, but here's the problem with those partners. They never develop a deep understanding of any one sector. So they're relatively good at strategy across sectors, but they never really understand strategy in one sector. And if you think about it, that's the way the firm trains you, right? Initially, they don't want you to have sector specialization. You join as an associate and you just learn how to solve problems from first principles. Once you have proven you can solve problems from first principles, and that's a big hurdle, then they start pulling you into sectors and say, hey, why don't you work here? Why don't you work here? Right? But the bottom line is, as you become a partner, and once you become a partner, the odds are very high you're going to specialize in one macro sector or one micro sector. A macro sector is things like energy, which could be coal, oil and gas, and so on. Those are big sectors by themselves. So you usually specialize in just a few clients, right? And as you become a more and more and more senior partner, you're aware of all of the issues taking place at a major client, right? If you follow my career, you notice that I became a senior partner for a mining client. So technically, I wasn't a senior partner, but I was treated like a senior partner. So all the engagements for the entire firm that was occurring at that one client, it went through me at one point. So even if I was not at all involved in operations, I'd be aware of it. I'd be having the discussion with the client, but another partner would be leading it. And that's the point that I'm trying to make. As you become more senior in the organization, you start specializing in developing a relationship with a senior client. And that senior client, if he trusts you to understand his organization, even if he thinks like, look, you didn't do anything in IT, you're not an IT partner, he's going to trust your judgment to give him advice. And then if he wants to give the firm the IT strategy work, he'll expect you, even though you don't know anything about IT, but as the partner, to bring in the right IT expertise in the firm. So here's the thing you've got to understand. As you become more and more senior, you have to develop a sector specialization. Because to not develop the sector specialization, what you're telling me is that if I pull up your diary on any given day, you're meeting clients from different sectors. And that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because then where is your nucleus of your network? Where are you doing the bulk of the work? How is it possible that you are doing a lot of work in one sector, but they're not leveraging it into more work in that sector. And the question is, why wouldn't you be doing that? What is the value of you meeting a finance executive when there's another partner who knows more about finance should be meeting that finance executive? It doesn't make sense. So to come back to the question, could a strategy partner lead the workshop over an energy partner? The answer is yes and no. The answer is yes, because you define a partner by three things. One is, the function you cover, the sector you cover, and where you're located. So you can never say, well, I'm a strategy partner only. You're a strategy partner who serves energy in this region. Or you're an energy partner who focuses on strategy in the energy space in this region. So the question is phrased incorrectly. You are defined by three things as a partner. Your function, your sector, and where you are located. When you start your career, you usually are defined by your function. I'm referring to the so-called strategy sisters, you know, McKinsey, Bain, and BCG. Other firms may be different, but at these firms, you start up as a generalist most of the time. And then as you prove your general skills, you become a specialist in a sector. But you still have 
a functional specialization. And on top of that functional specialization, you build the sector knowledge. And because you do the bulk of your work in a certain part of the world, you develop a regional specialization. I was an emerging market specialist. If the firm had a project in Dubai, they'd send me there. If they had a project in Turkey, they'd send me there. If they had a project in Chile, I would go there. An engagement in Brazil, I would go there. South Africa, I would go there. Botswana, I would go there. Zimbabwe, I would go there. Thailand, I would go there. Mongolia, I would go there. That was my area of expertise, understanding issues that affected emerging markets. But I would not do a pharmaceutical study in the emerging markets because I didn't know much about pharmaceuticals. It's not that I couldn't learn it. Again, I probably could. But why would I do that and waste the client's time when we have a pharmaceutical partner somewhere else? So again, you define your capability by three legs. One is sector, the other one function, and the other one location. The answer to this question is that you want a strategy partner who understands strategy in the energy sector, and not necessarily, but it would help if you understood the regional issues as well. It's not always necessary, but it does help. In my experience, it does help. I've seen German partners fly into some parts of the world and give advice. that even though they're my peers, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you can't implement some of these things. They just don't work in an emerging market. On the other hand, we know that emerging markets advice won't work in developed economies like the UK and the US. We know that. It works on the flip side as well. So as you're developing this expertise, maybe the lesson here is that don't try to be a strategy partner because you can't be a strategy partner absent a client. And you won't want to have a mix of clients because then you're just wasting your time. You can't leverage the information you're learning at one client to another one. You need to focus on a sector. So pick your function first. Well, essentially, you pick your region first. So when you're making a decision about where to work, you pick your region first because you're going to be based there. But now, the thing to remember is your region determines your function. Because if you join an office that's weak in, let's say, operations, you're probably not going to develop operation skills. If you join a region that's weak in strategy but strong in IT, you're not going to develop strategy skills and develop IT skills, right? So remember this. You pick your region first, but your region largely influences the functional skills you gain. Then your region, again, to a large degree, is going to influence the sector skills you develop. If you are based in New York, you are highly, highly unlikely to be serving energy or oil and gas extraction clients. The guys that drill mine for oil and gas, right? It's unlikely because of the regional issue. So the region plays a big role here. The region you pick, the region you join, not always, but to a large degree, determines the function and sector you end up in. You know, if you follow my career, there's a lot of episodes about this. I'm just going to give you the very, very high level summary, almost the, the checklist. But how I made these decisions, how I leveraged them, how I overcame the obstacles, how I developed myself, how I picked the studies, how I navigated my way that's covered in the other studies. But the bottom line is this. I joined an office and I had reasons for joining that office. Right? It was not competitive. Primary reason for me for going there. When I was in that office, that office was big into financial services, energy and resources. And also a lot of government work as well. So I knew that I was going to be doing a lot of work in those sectors. And those sectors were interesting, so I wasn't worried about it. It also had a very, very strong, the first office I joined anyway, the second one was terrible at everything. The first office I joined had a very strong strategy capability. 
with the youngest partner in the firm based in that office in corporate strategy. And him and I became friends, which is why I ended up in corporate strategy, because he put me on all his engagements and he trained me. So again, the regional issues determine these things. I picked an office to join, then had a strong capabilities in certain sectors and a strong strategy capability. And that's how I ended up as a strategy partner, corporate strategy, not business unit, not marketing strategy, not pricing strategy, because that's a whole lower level kind of strategy, not weak, but a different kind of strategy, but corporate strategy. And because of the sectors covered in those offices, or that office is more correct, I specialize in those sectors. Again, the region you join plays a very big role here, right? So don't go out there and say, I want to be a strategy partner. If you are based in a region where the office has no strategy capability, and don't say you're going to be a strategy partner in hedge funds if there's no hedge funds in your country. Because you are choosing a path that's going to be not impossible to achieve. You probably could achieve it, but it's highly improbable that you will achieve it. The region plays the biggest role here. Now, you could be so good that the managing partner from London calls you. That happened to me. I discussed that in one of the episodes whereby the managing partner, not the managing partner, the senior partner from the London office, one of the senior partners from the Boston office, called me. They heard about the work I was doing and wanted me to move, and I chose not to for my personal reasons, which I discuss in too much detail, I suppose, in the firm's consulting insider programs. But my point is this. You can't be a functional partner independent of a sector. And no matter what you aspire to achieve, the region you join to a large extent is going to determine that. Now, it may be different in the United States and Germany, which has many offices, where you can move around from office to office. But in most other countries, where there's just one or two offices, you are locked in to the specialization of that office. But never despair, because there's no such thing as a bad function. There's no such thing as a bad sector. I'm pretty sure that if I had specialized in business technology, BTO, and I had served pharma or insurance companies, I would like to think that I would have ended up being as successful as I did and as highly regarded within the firm as I was for the work I was doing. So don't worry too much about the sector. Just be the best you can be. If you are the best you can be, I can tell you right now, executives want to meet you. The firm is going to reward you. You're going to be successful. Don't be obsessed with strategy. I was a corporate strategy partner, but I could have been an operations partner. In fact, in the training program in Firms Consulting Insight, I talk about how I switched the operations practice for one year. People thought it would hurt my career, but it actually helped my career. So start with the geography, pick the right geography, pick the function next, and by and large, the sector is going to take care of itself. You don't really have choice there. You do have a choice in terms of the geography. And if you already made the decision, it doesn't matter. Just be the best you can be where you are right now. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.